0: You are listening to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where you will get knowledge, training, resources, and support for better blood pressure control. If you are suffering with high blood pressure or blood pressure that is difficult to treat, this podcast is indeed for you. Here is your host, Dr. Tanya. Hi, I'm Dr. Tanya, and I am here to teach you everything you ought to know about hypertension management. I am a clinical scientist and I've done research over 10 years and I found some interesting things about hypertension and blood pressure control and medication taking behavior. I would like to share with you all of the information I found as well as all the information that's out there that that will help you get control of your blood pressure. Stick with me and we'll take this journey to help you improve your blood pressure. Thanks for listening. Besides vaccines, what could be best to prevent COVID-19 severe symptoms? Well, unfortunately, the answer is unknown. However, there is an old drug that is being investigated, which could bring about a rapid decline in COVID-19 cases and death. This drug is called ivermectin. But before you get all excited, it is not over the counter. This medication has not been approved by the FDA to be used to treat COVID-19 other than in research. So, Essentially, we need more compelling research before the FDA could safely recommend this medication. While we wait on the FDA to completely review and validate the ivermectin, while we wait on our turn for our vaccine, ask your doctor about the supplements that could reduce mortality. Supplements could potentially help reduce severe symptoms of COVID-19. So I really don't want you to forget about that. So let's listen to Dr. Malcolm Eng. He is a Yale and Harvard graduate, and he has some ideas about what we need to do in order to keep ourselves healthy and what we can do while waiting on the vaccine.
1: But I would like to share some knowledge about vitamin D3. It turns out that our flu season goes up as our vitamin, as our vitamin D3 supply, which is namely in your skin due to mechanisms from the sun um, sc- the sun affects your skin and a precursor of vitamin D3 is in your skin and it converts it. So we have low vitamin D3 typically in winter months guess what when we have more flu? Winter months. So it's not that, you know, this is not rocket science. So let's look at vitamin D3 also in terms of level. We have multiple studies showing that if you have a low vitamin D3 level in your blood at the time you're affected by various diseases such as COVID-19, you can have a pretty bad reaction. What is that reaction? Well, the reaction is an over-response, you might call it, of your immune system. And this response is called a cytokine storm at the moment. Mm. This is where your immune cells are going haywire and giving you more reaction than you really need. Somehow, and not all the mechanisms are worked out completely here, vitamin D3 seems to modulate your immune system to allow you to not overreact, you might say. And it also provides, it's, it's through some complicated system called the Ren- renin-angiotensin system. I won't get into the real complex detail. Just say it improves your immune system. Well, how do we know that it has anything to do with COVID-19? It turns out that with low levels, that is deficient COVID-19, or even you might say subnormal levels of that in your bloodstream. At the time you're affected with COVID-19, your mortality rate goes way up. It's only one study. There are multiple other studies that show that high levels of vitamin D3 do seem to protect against uh, adverse reaction to the virus. But this one is the most dramatic study that I could pull out of the literature. And it really emphasizes something. It, it, it emphasizes that there is something you can do with your immune system besides vaccines. Because what does the vaccine do for you? Well, it improves your antibody reaction to the virus to allow it to defeat the virus. But apparently, also, vitamin D3 has an important role. And so besides putting on a mask, washing your hands, avoiding social contact, in other words, social distancing, there's something that someone can do that's pretty simple. You can go to the drugstore and get vitamin D3 capsules and make sure that your level of vitamin D3 is adequate. Vitamin, this whole COVID-19 points out that we have a problem with health in our in our community. Mm-hmm. And the biggest things that some people can do besides taking vitamin D3 is, imp- is make sure their general health is best they can get. In other words, mm-hmm. if you're a diabetic, control your diabetes, if you're hypertension, control your hypertension if you're smoking don't just stop because your lungs are at risk once you're smoking so there are if nothing else (laughs) the dreaded virus COVID-19 has woken up the public a little bit about how they're going to have a tougher time with the virus and infection if they have the virus encounter with the virus so basically you know in a way it's a stimulus So start thinking about your general health, and that's diet and exercise and all these other general measures.
0: So let's get back to the ivermectin. On December the 8th, 2020, Dr. Pierre Corey, president of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, testified before the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. Here he is in his presentation to the
2: committee. I want to start out by saying that I'm not speaking as an individual. I'm speaking on behalf of the organization that I'm a part of. We are a group of some of the most highly published physicians in the world. We have near 2,000 peer-reviewed publications among us, led by Dr. Prof- uh, Professor Paul Marrick, who is our intellectual leader We came together early on in the pandemic, and all we have sought is to review the world's literature on every facet of this disease, trying to develop effective protocols. You just mentioned that I was here in May, and I touted, I wouldn't say touted, I recommended that it was critical that we use corticosteroids in this disease, when all of the national and international healthcare organizations said we cannot use those that turned out to be a life-saving recommendation. I am here again today with a new recommendation. In the last nine months, in our review of all of the literature as a group, again, we are some of the most highly published physicians in our specialty and the world. We have done nothing but try to figure out how to identify a repurposed and available drug to treat this illness. We have now, come to the conclusion after nine months, and I, I have to point out, I am severely troubled by the fact that the NIH, the FDA, and the CDC—I do not know of any task force that was assigned or compiled to review repurposed drugs in an attempt to treat this disease. Everything has been about novel and/or expensive, pharmaceutically engineered drugs, things like tocilizumab and remdesivir, and monoclonal antibodies and vaccines. We have hundred years of medicine development. We know we are expert in all the medicines we use. And I do not know of a task force that has been focused on repurposed drugs. I will tell you that my group and our organization, I will say that we have filled that void. We, that is all we have done is focus on the things we know and things we do. And I'm here to tell you, Dr. Ryder, he just presented. It was one, he has one study of the many that I wanna talk about. And I wanna talk about that we have a solution to this crisis. There is a drug that is proving to be of miraculous impact. And when I say miracle, I do not use that term lightly. And I don't wanna be sensationalized when I say that. That is a scientific recommendation based on mountains of data that has emerged in the last three months. When I am told, and I just had to hear this in the opening sentence, that we are touting things that are not FDA or NIH recommended, let me be clear. The NIH, their recommendation on ivermectin, which is to not use it outside of controlled trials, is from August 27th. We are now in December. This is three to four months later. Mountains of data have emerged from all, from many centers and countries around the world showing the miraculous effectiveness of ivermectin. Wow,
0: he is fired up this drug must be something very special and something that he really believes in because he is really, really passionate about this. So let's hear some more about what he told Congress on, on that day.
2: We have contributed more to the medical knowledge of our specialty in our careers than, than anyone else can claim as a group. And our manuscript, which was posted on Medicine Preprint server, details all of this evidence.
0: Although he has uh, the studies in preprint, the ones he's referring to, those studies would have to be verified or confirmed by uh, peer review. And sometimes studies are retracted If the claims in the publication are not supported by the findings, that is to be seen. However, he is a well-published scientist, according to PubMed. And I see that he has 44 publications that have been peer-reviewed. So let's hear what else he has to say about this.
2: I want to briefly summarize it. Number one. We have evidence that ivermectin is effective, not only in prophylaxis, in the prevention. If you take it, you will not get sick. We just came across a trial last night from Argentina by the lead investigator of ivermectin in Argentina, Dr. Hector Carvalho. They prophylaxed 800 healthcare workers, not one got sick. In the 400 that they didn't prophylax with ivermectin, 58% got sick, 237 of those 400 got sick. If you take it, you will not get sick. It has immense and potent antiviral activity. We know that from the first study in Monash, it has made the bench to the bedside. Prophylaxis, we now have four large randomized controlled trials totaling over 1500 patients, each trial showing that as a prophylaxis agent, it is immensely effective. You will not get sick. You will be protected from getting ill if you take it. In early outpatient treatment, We have three randomized controlled trials and multiple observation as well as case series showing that if you take ivermectin, the need for hospitalization and death will decrease. The most profound evidence we have is in the hospitalized patients. We have four randomized controlled trials there, multiple observation trials, all showing the same thing. You will not die or you will die at much, much, much lower rates. Statistically significant, large magnitude results if you take ivermectin. It is proving to be a wonder drug. It has already won the Nobel Prize in medicine in 2015 for its impacts on global health in the eradication of parasitic diseases. It is proving to be an immensely powerful antiviral and anti-inflammatory agent. It is critical for its use in this disease. We, again, stand by our manuscript. It is a scientific manuscript. It's been submitted for peer review, but please recognize peer review takes time. It takes months. We do not have months. We have 100,000 patients in the hospital right now dying. I'm a lung specialist. I'm an ICU specialist. I've cared for more dying COVID patients than anyone can imagine. They're dying because they can't breathe. They can't breathe. They're on high-level oxygen delivery devices. They're on non-invasive ventilators and or they're sedated and paralyzed and attached to mechanical ventilators that breathe for them. And I watch them every day. They die. By the time they get me in the ICU, they're already dying. They're almost impossible to recover. Early treatment is key. We need to offload the hospitals. We are tired. I can't keep doing this. If you look at my manuscript and if I have to go back to work next week, Any further deaths are going to be needless deaths, and I cannot be traumatized by that. This is incredible.
0: Here it is. We have a medical doctor who is a scientist who has done many trials, many research studies on various things, including COVID-19. And his most recent work is on COVID-19 and how to treat and prevent COVID-19. Now, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can hear the rest of this compelling testimony. But I really want to say that this, Dr. Corey, is, is, sounds like the real deal. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing the results, the final results of the studies that he spoke of. And if this is the case, oh, wow we could really solve our problem with this pandemic very quickly with a pill while we wait on everybody to get vaccinated. Wow, what a game changer this might be. I can't wait. So let's go back to Dr. Malcolm Ng and see what he has to say about this old drug to be used to treat COVID-19.
1: And the latest studies have been even more encouraging because people are figuring out certain combinations of treatment. And there are triple and quadruple uh, medications used these days, and their studies are coming through. One of the studies shows using ivermectin, which is a apparently becoming a very well-known now, uh, little-known before but by many physicians, finding positive results, but listen to this. They combine ivermectin sometimes with vitamin D3 also as part of their treatment, and they also combine zinc. So you have vitamin D3, you have zinc, you have ivermectin, and they're adding sometimes another antibiotic like doxycycline.
0: Okay, in summary, it sounds like this medication is very promising, and I just can't wait to see the results of this. Once those studies are reviewed by the FDA and find out what the FDA final decision will be to see if this is in fact our miracle drug. Meanwhile, keep doing what you're doing. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes or your face. Keep social distant. Ventilate when you're indoors among people who are not your immediate family. And stay safe, everybody. That's all I have for you today. Stay tuned to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where I'll tell you what everybody ought to know about hypertension. Thanks for listening.